and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Room. I'm your host, Kyle, with a gay. And today we have joining me, Brendan Jesus <sighs> Ortega. What's up, Brendan? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Back in Arizona, I've conquered New York City. Uh, I planted my flag there. Everybody knows I was there. And um, yeah, it's it's not the same without me now that I'm gone. Do you have anything that's going on in your world, Brendan? Um, uh, I feel like there was something that happened. Oh, uh, have I talked about season two of 30 Coins? It's fucking great so no, you far. Haven't yet. It's fucking amazing. A thousand times better than the first season, which I thought was spectacular. Um, I've only watched the first two episodes so far, and I'm already blown away. Uh, Paul Giamatti is amazing. Uh, the returning cast is amazing. Um, but I don't want to take away too much time from introducing our other guest. So I will step back. Also joining us today, we have the Native American Thor, the... Guru of Goth, Mitch. Mitch, how you doing? I am doing well, man. I am so happy to be here. Thank you. You haven't been on Red Room in a while. What's going on in your world? It's been a little while, yeah. Um, was the last um, Resident uh, Evil? Oh, yeah, my last one. I think what it was, dude. Yeah, no, with, no, no, oh. it was The Prophecy. Yeah, the oh, prophecy I thought I was going to catch shit from Brendan now, too, for not being No, 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 we're not bringing up Red Room across all the shows. No, 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 no. The prophecy was the last episode that you were on. But uh, ah, have uh, you been doing anything special for spooky season now that it's October? Dude, I live the spooky life. It's spooky season all year round in this place. You've seen the house. You've Well, I mean, you haven't seen the house because you've gone to visit Brendan before you came to visit me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you've been... Yeah. <laughs> You've seen it before. We keep it spooky all year round. Um, in fact, just I'll tell you, as as cheesy and corny and uh, as it is, uh, I, I'm going to share with your listeners. We just had our one year anniversary on Friday the 13th. One year anniversary. Thank, hey, thank you, thank you. and that's of the network, is that right? <laughs> yes, of the network. <laughs> kidding? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> the yeah, the the network. Yeah, we're hitting our three years, man. I think uh, probably right this very second, and I'm going to toast to that. I'm no, so that's, proud to be here with you boys today. Likewise. And no, that's awesome. It, I can't believe it's been a year already since your wedding. Um, it feels like literally yesterday. I'm not just saying that. It really does feel like yesterday. But uh, that's crazy. It's already been a year. It went quick. It was so good to have you there, man. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of Friday the 13th, can I just say how ballsy Kyle and Dom were to fly on? I'm not a super. I'm not superstitious whatsoever. Like, if an, if an apartment building has a 13th floor, I'll live on it. I don't give a shit. But flying on Friday the 13th, I don't know why. That just, that that gives me a little bit, that irks me. Uh, I'm going to be real with you. If we were flying into New York on Friday the 13th, <laughs> I'd be a little bit more reserved than flying out of New York okay. on Friday the 13th. But uh, no, we got home safely. It was a quick flight, like five hours. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. What but, have you been up to? How you doing? Um, me, uh, well, New York, the New York trip, the, spent a week there. It was awesome. We did all the touristy stuff like Statue of Liberty, uh, going to the stations, Wall Street. Uh, and you were inside her, correct? Inside who, Dom? Yes. No, the, Multiple the, times. the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yes, we were inside the Statue of Liberty. Uh, Dom, Damn, just show. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went inside. Uh, we didn't climb up to the top, but we did go to like the pedestal and like right a like right under her where her feet are and stuff. And it is a sight to behold. It is pretty, pretty crazy. Um, but I had a blast. We had a bunch of food, a lot of pizza. Went to Chinatown, got some good Chinese food. We just went all over the place. Uh, my favorite thing about it is basic as it probably is is uh central park man we spent like almost a whole day there and it was the most like relaxing thing ever central park um, is dope, man. dude yeah, it's so so nice there's a lot to it too it's not just like you know the big field in the middle there's the paths that lead you to like two different pond systems there's there's a shitload of turtles you know it's there's a lot there and i i i don't think that's that's like weird to have that be your one of your favorite things about it. i think that's cool Dude, literally, like, one of my highlights was going to this, like, really, I, I'm already forgetting the name, but this really popular uh, a bagel place, and we literally just walked around the park eating bagels and, like, hot dogs and shit. And, it, like, was it a Katz's Deli? Mm, or is that, no, that's the one you didn't go to. We didn't go to that one, no. Okay. We went to... Papayas? An, huh? Papayas? No. no. I do no. love papayas, though. We got a bunch of stuff, but yeah, not that. But overall, it was great. It was fun. Um, I definitely want to go back because there's even more that we didn't get to do. And yeah, it's just a blast there. But today, we are covering the 2022 film Allegoria, directed by Spider One. Before we get into this film, let's go over some. You know, part of me feels so bad that after Fear Facts has started the first episode that I have with Mitch, there's literally zero information on the movie. So my Fear Facts are boring and I feel so bad. I, I wish I could have. Uh, what was the one where I like read that whole two paragraph thing uh, that I found? Do you remember? Whatever one of that, those last movie was. I wish I had like that amount of fear facts right now. Damn it. Um, yeah, I think it was Friday the 13th, right? Oh, yes, that's what it was. Where you went on the long, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, Allegoria is a 2022 film, as Kyle said, uh, written and directed by Spider One, uh, starring his wife, Chrissy Fox. Uh, this film premiered uh, at uh, Panic Fest in 2022. Um, if you know the name Spider One, it's probably... Uh, Maybe because of his band Power Man 5000, but most likely because he is known as Rob Zombie's brother. Um, I didn't look up their ages, so I'm not sure if it's little brother or older brother. He's younger. Yeah, younger. Okay. Yeah. Um, but this would not be, uh, I almost called him Power Man. Uh, this would not be. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I need to write it down. Uh, but this would not be uh, Spider One's only foray into horror. Um, just this past year, I saw a short film. Uh, written and directed, uh, I think it was co-written by Chrissy Fox and Spider One, directed by Chrissy Fox, uh, and they also have another feature film that either has come out or is coming out very soon. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my fear facts. I'm sorry, there was I couldn't find any budgets or numbers. Um, this is, uh, you know, I was finding mixed information. Some places said Shutter exclusive. Uh, some places said Shutter original. Um, it was acquired by RLJE Entertainment, uh, which is a great uh, uh, studio or a great distributor that handles a lot of uh, genre films that we all love. Allegoria. 
<laughs> Nicely done. Um, I think it's pretty funny that so Spider One has a Letterboxd account, and the top review on the movie allegory is his, and he just put is it okay to review my own movie? <laughs> and he gave it a five star. I thought that was pretty funny. But um, just uh, just just because uh, Spider-One's top four movies Ooh, on his yeah. favorites on Letterboxd are Taxi Driver, Clockwork Orange, Jaws, and The Shining. Dude, he's not even going to give a nod to Rob. Like, like just, just, just he's a like, silly ass. Rob, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mention to 31. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And um, I guess, Mitch, curious, just because you're uh, the resonant music lover. I mean, we all love music, but yeah, um, you know, you're like a musician. And, uh, <laughs> like a musician. Yeah, There's like what, a musician. four yeah, guitars behind you right there? <laughs> you play the instruments. Um, do you have any experience with Paraman 5000? Do you like his music? Have you ever gotten into him? Um, just a little bit, but I've never, I guess you could say, no, I didn't ever got it. I never got into him. Um, I did mm-hmm. out the rock there at the park at ninth, uh, in Tucson, a million years ago. This might've been like 97. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it was way back. Um, uh, no, not real familiar with their work except for whatever was happening at the time. I never followed up after that. Got you. Yeah. The only album I know of is tonight, the stars revolt that came out in 1999 <laughs> Um, every kid my age got that album because uh, when Worlds Collide, that song was so big at the time and uh, everybody was into it around my age. So I have experience with that album, but that's really it. I haven't listened to any of his other stuff. Um, was but... I, I seen, if I recall, it seemed to, like it was a lot more industrial than what Rob was doing. Yeah, at the time. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. But um, let's go ahead and get into the movie proper. Uh, mm, hmm. Hmm. Mitch, let's start with you. Sure, let's um, start with me because I was only told about this movie like at two in the morning, <laughs> and uh, had to rush to try and uh, you know catch up and watch it. Yeah, uh, I mean those are all accurate facts, <laughs> but, but I do um, appreciate the invite. Don't don't. Uh, I'm not being ungrateful. I kind of already know Brendan's thoughts. You know what? I don't think you do. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, Brendan. Let's, let's 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 give Mitch a little time to 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 to, to muster here. Okay. Uh, Brennan, where did you watch the movie? Would you add it to your collection? And full thoughts go. So I watched this. Uh, this is a Shutter original or exclusive, uh, depending on who you ask. Um, I did watch it on Shutter. Would I add it to my collection? I think I would. I think I would. Uh, just because I appreciate... Wh- okay, so I, th- thoughts. I really appreciate what he tried to do with this. I really appreciate it. He's telling an anthology story while also just telling us a story that, in a way that Tarantino would tell it to us. So I don't know if we can really... Should we consider this an anthology? I kind of don't. I was going to say yes. I, I mean, would say does... no. I'm just, I'm just weighing in. Sorry, should I not have? No, no, no. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm curious to hear Please. your thoughts. Why? No. Like, why no? Oh, well, because because Brandon said he was asking, and then he replied. I'm just like, for me, I would say no. What? But yet, why don't you consider it an anthology film? Which no, one? I'm sorry, are you asking? Go ahead. Let you continue. <laughs> sorry. 
It's a great show. I love it. So glad to be here, guys. No, I anyone can answer this question. I just I don't think it is. It's one linear story just told through fragmented things, uh, through fragmented segments, which you could look at as vignettes if you want, or you could you could just look at it as like a what's that one uh Tarantino movie where he does that? Um like Pulp Fiction? Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> one, of his, yeah one of his biggest movies. You know that film. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think that it's it's the same. If you want to call Pulp Fiction, are we going to call we, Pulp Fiction we, we an We had this conversation film? a long time ago that if Pulp Fiction was an anthology film, but that's up for another episode, but go ahead. Um, but yeah, so to, uh, I appreciate what he tried to do. I don't think that he pulled it off as good as he could have because with this being his it's kind of like uh danzig's veronica but this is a lot better than veronica um uh i like this idea of metal musicians and hard rock musicians making a foray into film because also foo fighters had that one movie um flight 666 or something mm-hmm. studio 666 studio 666 yeah um so i like this idea because you know hard rock musicians and metal heavy metal musicians they have this uh air of i don't want to say anger but there is like a, a horror element to all these types of music i mean obviously you know spider one that it obviously more horror but uh i want more musicians to start doing things like this and to try art forms outside of the genre that they've kind of cornered themselves into. Um, so we'll obviously get into the movie. I appreciate what he tried to do. I think he could have pulled it off a lot better because a lot of the performances are really bad. I don't think that he had the actors under control um, performance wise. Um, I, I almost just gave him my star rating. Uh, move on. <laughs> <laughs> you know rock rock is performative you know and i mean like going way back like it seems like the ones that i always gravitated towards were the ones that were theatrical and yeah. that that goes all the way back but i mean you, you can point to like for example the coop you can point to stuff i mean it's always like at least the stuff that i was into was always a little bit theatrical and even stuff that's outside the like heavier rock and metal vein like i always enjoyed people who gave a shit about the performance side of it too you know, it's not just if you're going to if you're going to go and you're just going to stand there and no disrespect to shoegaze or anything like that. But if you're just going to stand there and perform the song exactly what was on the record and not do anything else, then I, I'll stay home and listen to the record. I can yeah. drink for cheaper. I can, you know, I can listen in my boxers and, you know, but I guess I could, I've done that at a show, too. Anyway, but, you know, that's another story for another time. But, you know, so the, bring it to me. And so live, I appreciate that. And so you're right. I think more. More of these guys, it's, you've, I've heard it before, like a lot of actors want to be rock stars and rock stars want to be actors, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because that creative juice is, all, is, is, is kind of interchangeable. People want to tell a story. They want to like, put their passions on display. And I, I think that was what's happening here. Am I talking about the movie now? Yes. I think that, I think that a lot of these or I guess uh, musicians also kind of direct their own music videos. So you get a taste of like their visual side hmm. like before going into filmmaking and i think that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't when they get like too much time to be able to put too much of sure. their like thought into a film with the runtime being like 90 minutes rather than a three minute music video sometimes it overstays its welcome 
I actually think that this did not overstay its welcome, but I'll get into my thoughts in a second. Mitch, what did you think of? I think that there's a lot of psychosis. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of spider one. What's his, what's his real name? I saw it as I was looking. His name's Power Man. His name's Power Man. (laughs) So I think Power Man (laughs) is definitely putting his um, older brother, Rob, more successful brother, Rob, uh, envy on display here. Um, with mm-hmm. with the with what's going on with the characters in his film, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad, um, but I was constantly being challenged by is is the absurdity of these artists being haunted by their own creations and the yeah. the kind of like the turn that was happening here. I was like, is he trying to play it off as the absurdity and the pretentiousness of art, or is he is it an accidental thing? And what I kind of came to my my thought on it was a lot of it is probably. And to be a little bit too psychoanalytical about it, probably no, reflective no, of his his relationship with with Rob Zombie and dealing with the fact that now he's making movies. I don't and I don't know how long he's been making movies too, but now he's he's once again kind of like following in the steps and in the shadow of Rob Zombie. For those who do know, but I mean he knows, so I mean that's going to come out in his work. It's not bad work, um, but you know the most uncomfortable thing in the whole movie was the guy spitting jesus christ and oh yeah you saw God. everything i was yeah, so uncomfortable that. like you show me all the gore and chainsaw murders in the world i'm fine that's fine but, but that guy need to stop this spitting. fucking spitting all over. <laughs> in like in the in he was like backlit too oh and they like God. lowered the frame rate or they raised the frame rate a little bit so you could see every particle of spit coming out no thanks. yeah in a post-covid world i was like so that's how it spreads <laughs> Wait, so uh, I have a question real quick. So obviously Rob Zombie has has kind of formed a style of his own. When you go to see a Rob Zombie oh, yeah. movie, visually, you kind of know exactly what you're going to see. Do you think that Spider-One was strong enough with this film to create a specific vision that would carry throughout his films? I don't. I do not. No. Definitely not. I you. feel like... It like it wasn't shot poorly. It just it it doesn't have a distinct flavor or style to it at all. Um, it it seems very amateur. It I feel like that his directing style. Like I I'm pretty sure his latest or his um his earliest work is like 2021. So he's already he's only been making films for a couple of years. But um, he's also directing think... your webcam right now. Yeah, I'm trying to fix that while also. <laughs> uh... It was impressive how you were continuing to team that. I was trying yeah. to multitask, man. I was trying to multitask. Not bad, not um, bad. But uh, no, I think that it wasn't poorly shot or anything, but there was no distinct style like Rob's yet. And maybe that's just because he hasn't done it for as long. Like maybe he needs to find his groove. Hopefully we do get more films out of him because I actually enjoyed this film. Um. So I watched this on Shutter, um, and I didn't I didn't go into it expecting a uh, um, anthology type style with like a wraparound of sorts because I guess you can like say that the acting class girl like her she was kind of the wraparound of the whole thing she she was of, the reach around she, she the was the reach around yes, thank you okay. she started it and kind of ended it. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I was engaged the entire time and going between the actress, the painter, the writer, the sculptress, which was cool. Uh, it, it never like it kept a steady pace. And I actually disagree with Brendan. I, I didn't mind the acting. I thought the acting was 
was believable and it, it never took me out of the experience except for uh maybe the asian girl um she was a little she took me out just, uh which i'll i'll get into this right now but um when the actress is kind of going over her whole monologue with her in the doorframe really well shot in my opinion she's That's a Chrissy great Fox. actress yeah i thought she was great and she, then, yes. and then after the whole monologue she's like the asian girl says something of like she's like well, cool. okay. well <laughs> i'm gonna go right, it's exactly. like man just the trade-off to that was just not i don't know but um no i i actually enjoyed the film and i think it helped though that it was a shorter runtime because it, it it was able to keep that steady pace and constantly change characters and constantly change what was happening to where i didn't get bored um but yeah no i enjoyed it Going into the uh, structure of the film, do you think that it worked for it? Do you like how the mm -hmm. stories kind of interlaced, or would you have preferred another style of the film? Mitch, you want to take this first? I, I think it worked fine. I, you know, I've seen better uh, interlaced story fil films. You know, like the, where everyone has some type of relationship, and in the end, it kind of brings it all together. And this guy knew that guy, and this guy. Oh, it's all one big family, and you're just seeing their stories from a different perspective. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't poorly done. I don't know. And, you know, so you have to wonder what the artist's intention was there. Like, was he trying to replicate that kind of a feel or was it like a light? Cause it was kind of like inter, um, what's that? Uh, it's a David Caruso flick. It's kind of, everything comes back together. Yeah. Um, but what kind of, you know, if you want to talk about disjointed, it like starts with that, uh, pseudo 70s film grain and and then the the stylistic choices don't follow up with that except for that fake movie the bunny baby 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 <laughs> that, that shit like then it, the the uh the video that the the girls are watching is kind of shot in that same way so it's kind of a nod back to the beginning but it, it's like he doesn't follow through with any like real style so i mean i i do and i did enjoy it but yeah, no, I think you're onto something there too. Like, especially with like the Technicolor '70s intro, yeah. like fonts and stuff, and you're like, mm -hmm. "Oh, this is cool." And yeah, you're right; it doesn't carry any kind of like weight throughout the rest of the film. Yeah. Um, Brennan, is this an anthology film? Do you like the structure? Talk I I do like the structure. I I don't think <clears throat> I don't think that this would have worked as <clears throat> sorry as a linear film. Oh, also, uh, we didn't mention um, Ian couldn't be here today. Uh, a creature of his own design um, stuck him inside of a painting and slit his throat. Um, <laughs> that's what I was texting you about earlier. Uh, it put him in an anime and cut his own yeah, throat. Yeah, and he's being fucked by a tentacle, I think, oh. against his will. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I was initially very turned off by the first segment, kind mostly because of the spitting. Um, <laughs> Wait, um, so I'm, before I jump ahead of myself, are we going to go through each bit? No, no, we're just kind of... Okay, so um, I, I was very glad that they got off of this first segment as quick as they did. Um, besides yeah. the spitting, uh, and I think this is why... Uh, <laughs> I think this is where um, my criticism of uh, Spider-One not being able to uh, direct the actors comes into play. Because... Uh, when I was 
in college for film. I took many acting classes and, you know, we learn about the Meisner technique and stuff. But when you're but so the writing here where he has the guy specifically talk about the Meisner technique, like that's not my, you know, it's it's so on the nose. It's kind of infuriating at times. And on top of that, this do you think that was unintentionally or no? I think he was trying, and I mean, I don't mean this, Spider One. If you're listening, Power Man. If you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like he was trying to come off as intellectual in a way of, I'm not just a musician. I know things about other types of work. I'm going to mm-hmm. drop Meisner technique, which is something that every actor does. Um, so I maybe, or maybe was, he stole that from Chrissy. Honestly, I, most. Maybe. And I want to say that's actually now my new running theory. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this acting this uh, this acting teacher. It's funny that the person portraying an acting teacher can't act because he doesn't make a specific choice. His only choice is loud is acting and it's not acting. It's being loud. And when you're loud, you're going to sound more authoritative than you actually might be. Um so I appreciate that he didn't devote too much time to any specific character. Mm-hmm. Um, so to wrap that around, I'm sorry for that. To wrap that around, uh, I think that if this was a linear story, it would have fell flat very hard. I agree. Yeah, no, I think the pace is what saved a lot of this film for me, but I did enjoy it. Um, do, you guys have, do you guys have any particular... Um, I guess I'll call them segments for lack of yeah, a better word. Right. But do you guys have any segments that you that stood out to you that you enjoyed? Maybe for different reasons. Special you effects. know what kind of one of the reasons why the it doesn't feel quite an anthologistic. Nailed it. Word <laughs> anthologistic. Uh, <laughs> anthologistic. That's going to be a thing from now on. Is be, you know is and one of the reasons why I wouldn't dub it that is because they don't stand out enough from one another doesn't they don't they don't feel mm-hmm. like like even like vignettes to you know as brendan was saying earlier um i mean obviously i kind of tend to lean towards that uh the sculptor chick because you know it was very rock i liked it and i know they were trying to i i think the the intent at least that's what i was taking from it was that uh oh we're kind of expecting the quiet nerdy guy there he's going to suddenly we're going to he's going to turn and it's going to be a bad scenario for this girl you know like he's the that's what i thought i yeah. thought the whole like the girls the bad one was too on the nose and they yeah. were going to flip the script on it, that but they wanted up sticking to it so I was yeah like, okay yeah, yeah so no but i mean i think that was probably i just enjoyed that one just because i don't know her, her rock style uh sculptor at the end was kind of cool was that like was cool cover, it was like the cover of a, a cool album i would buy hell yeah brendan what about you uh, I think my favorite is the screenwriter segment. Um, I mean, I'm not going to talk about how uh, he was uh, formatting his script uh, very incorrectly. Um, but uh, I really... Do you think that was intentionally done? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was only a minor thing. One minor thing. Um, I I think the idea is so cool of the thing that you're writing manifests itself and it's Down like awake baby you gotta right play yet. it sorry go oh, ahead god damn it <laughs> god damn it um did you just spoil it no i mean it's okay. not a spoiler okay it's not um 
you know, I, I really like that idea. And I love how he's like, no, this is how you're going to tell my story. Um, but what I also do like about that is we learned that that guy's name is Eddie, Eddie Parker, I believe. Um, and we see his name pop up two more times throughout the film. Uh, one is, uh, shit. Oh, actually, I take that back. My favorite segment is the art segment. I don't know what I was thinking. The painter? Yeah. No, no. Um, the the photographer girl that goes over to the nerdy guy's house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I just... Well, you were on like that. a tangent about the writing <laughs> episode, so what happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'm actually glad um, that you went that direction because to me, the whole thing, like, it was, it was like... Uh, very Twilight Zone. I know y'all mm. so young and stuff. But it's one of my. It's I like know. literally my favorite show of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so but it, the whole thing was so Twilight Zone, and the yeah. the the screenwriter that I wish that I could name the source material, but I've seen that that trope mm-hmm. often enough that it's like, oh, okay, I see where where this is going. But it was just twisted a little bit enough to be like, okay, he took it at least a little bit original. Took it okay. Bit. See. That was new to me. I would love to watch more things like that because for me, that kind of hits a little close to home and that's absolutely terrifying. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that that photographer girl, I mean, she was a smoke show. And absolute. <laughs> that, that whole thing in the in his kitchen where she's like, what if I just slip my throat right now? I'm creating art. I'm eliciting an emotion from you like that. Oh my God. That is, uh, <laughs> I feel like that every time I'm editing your guys show and, and Ian comes on, I'm like, I'm going to oh, slip yeah. my, <laughs> he just has a knife to the fucking throat every time he's hit like, the come on, Ian, shut up, shut up. Troll delete. No. Yeah. I love you. I really, Sorry. I really like that segment to, to my earlier point, this is another example of how I, I actually think the acting was pretty good. I think it was pretty solid. Her acting's it, amazing. It kept me engaged. It, it it didn't seem amateur at all as far as the acting with a few of these people. Um, going over the special effects, shout out to the painter segment just because I really like that creature. Yeah, that, that creature. With, it, it's no cool lips, design. No lips, just teeth. It's, yeah, was it? It was made of black paint, I assume, because it kind of looked like tar a little bit. I wasn't yeah. sure. I assume paint, like a burn victim with like tar on them, like mm-hmm. looked weird. But I think that I still don't know if I like it uh, or not yet. But he he held shots for a very long time sometimes. That and like holding the shot long. on the creature, like he held on on that creature for like thirty full seconds before like changing or like at or like cutting or like dialogue was spoken nothing it was just like that guy um i think i liked it i think i'm coming around on this movie a lot more now and i think it's all purposeful (laughs) and i think this is a masterpiece wait okay no a lot of times i've cut away real quick but i mean i feel like that was an all that all those decisions were intentional to yeah and we use that word a lot today we were intentional but it's like check out because it was some of the best practical work i'd seen in a while especially when like monster design and stuff the creatures like that was pretty impressive stuff. Look good. Can I can I make a comparison? And I I might I might be wrong with this. And if I am, tell me to to shut up. But Kyle, you bringing that up kind of makes me think of uh, um, uh, Hunger Strike by Temple of the Dog. Um, it's such an emotionally 
powerful song with an extremely strong message. It's uh, Chris Cornell and um, Eddie Vedder just putting their fucking hearts out there. And to me, now that you just brought up kind of how important that that long shot was of the creature, that kind it, it feels kind of musically similar. This painter is staring at the demon that's inside of him that he's created and he can't look away when, I mean, obviously rest in peace to them. We can't listen to uh, temple of the dog anymore, but when they do a song, when they did a song like hunger strike or wooden Jesus, it's them putting their, their emotions into what they think are um, tragedies throughout the world. And you can't just turn this. I mean, if, if you're obvious, if you're seeing them live, you know, you can't just, turn them off they're releasing their i hate how pretentious i sound but they're releasing <laughs> their inner demons and you can't get away from it um so i'm actually kind of thinking now that a lot of this movie is very purposeful and i wasn't thinking hard enough about it and i don't think i gave it the benefit of the doubt that i should have yeah and that's not the only shot too like um uh, like the shot of even just the uh sculptor the rock sculptor at the end he mm -hmm. I mean, they pan out, but, like, they hold it on there for a long time. Like, way longer than seems should be necessary. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the more they did it in the film, the more I was like, I just... Uh, something about this is is visually... It's tickling my, my fancy from a visual standpoint. I don't know. I, I really like the way he, he did a few of the scenes. Um, do you think any of this film we talked a little bit about uh living in the shadow of rob well which by the way i think the writing episode was like a missed opportunity to just cast rob zombie in that, that segment because he looked exactly like the guy weird. that would have been awesome i don't know what second, the relationship like, is, 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 is oh it's not yeah yeah, yeah. right like, is like, it gonna be no it's not do you think did any of this film come off as spider one projecting at all to you like we don't know his individual circumstance or how he feels or anything so it's all speculation but did any of it feel like he was trying to say something about rob or or about himself well i think i i mean i i said that at the beginning i don't think that yeah. you can watch this film and not recognize that there's some commentary on that insecurity and like yeah, yeah you know and that's okay i mean like shit yeah. if you're if your brother is rob zombie and you're following in those footsteps i mean i, mean, I don't know the relationship i don't know the origin of, of power man and his work you know like if right. it was directly related to you know to like white zombies success and then kind of like i never felt like he was piggybacking i never got the impression with power man that he really utilized that relationship to further power man's career Right. So I got to respect him for that. But it, to to be an artist and not have that creep into your work a little bit, I just think would be belie like the whole idea of being an artist. Like, how could he not? Yeah, I I guess the point I was trying to get at is to me, the movie felt really personal, but not in a pretentious way. It just seemed like he was really trying to like wear his emotions on his sleeve through this film. Mm -hmm. And I kind of respect it. I don't know. Like a part of me wants to believe that this is, I, I feel kind of 50 50 on it. Either yeah. this is a project where he's saying, look at me, I can do really cool shit too. And I mean, honestly, I, I love, I love Rob, 
but with some of his more recent output, I think this is kind of Spider One's chance to become more popular, uh, film wise than his brother. Again, I love the monsters; it's great. Um, <laughs> I think this is a little bit more digestible by modern and like general audiences than mm-hmm. most of Rob's work, as far as film yeah, goes. Yeah, like thir- thirty-one. What fucking random person off the street is going to walk into that? But actually, who, what random person off the street would walk into this? So. <laughs> Yeah, it's not getting super positive reviews on Letterbox. I think it's yeah. sitting at like a 2.5, but um, do you guys have any additional thoughts about the film before we get into final thoughts and rating? Uh, speaking of like the boldness and the uh, like your commentary on it not being pretentious, the the last segment uh, as they're talking, those straight on like one one like straight camera shots, it's not even... There's no angle or attempt to, it's very blatant, very in your face. I feel like that was like an attempt to like not hide behind anything. Like it's very honest, the, those, uh, those shots of, uh, that was actually Chrissy Fox, right? It's the, yeah. And yeah. then the, the punk Asian uh, singer girl. Can we talk about that song that she said? Can we talk about that? Band, I thought it fucking Lay, ripped, dude. Lay. I don't even care what you guys say. <laughs> that song I'm ripped. A, I'm a spider crawling down. I'm gonna bite you or whatever. I'm in it, dude. <laughs> fucking sold, bro. I, where, one, where are you selling of, tickets? I looked one it up on immediately. I'm gonna buy that single. One of the uh, IMDb, one of the three IMDb trivia tracks. It's it's that a uh, Spider One wrote the Spider song, and I was like, yeah, no yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I dug it. I, I actually um like that segment too. It was obviously like the most time was put into the reach around for sure. Um and I liked the setup and how they they intertwined the art episode into that segment and the the beginning, you know, acting class into that segment. It all the only one that kind of didn't connect was the uh like the sculptor. That was the only one that seemed kind of random to me. Um, there is a connection to, uh, and I, yeah, I, I said Eddie Parker, it's Eddie Park. Um, there is a connection to him in this one where, uh, they talk about the Whistler movie. Um, that is from what mm. I caught the only connection, I think. Um, yeah, I think that's where... I don't know that the sculptor one was cool, but that's the only one that kind of seemed out of place to me. Well, I guess they kind of went hand in hand with the writer, like the writer and the sculptor went hand in hand together, but they didn't connect to the overall arc as much as there's the other ones. But she has a connection to Ivy because one of my notes says her and Ivy, um, but I didn't finish the note. Um, So she's somehow connected to Ivy and I wish I would have figured it out. The sculptresses? Sculpting? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So she's yeah. connected to Ivy. Interesting. Okay. One of the two in that in that uh part is connected to Ivy somehow. Got you. So but that's the only thing that felt a little disjointed, but that was minor. I didn't really even think about it in the moment. I'm just thinking about it now. But would you guys like to see an allegoria two in the same universe where all the same things can happen? Demons can come out of paintings, you can turn into a demon, demons everywhere. Yes, 
in all <laughs> Mitch's face. Yes, <laughs> but also like I would like for them to keep maybe following the theme of like artist expression mm-hmm. or maybe changing it up and like I don't know how what they would change it up to necessarily, but so I do you like get a graffiti artist. Um I do uh, like the idea though. An adsman. Um Yeah. No, I like the idea and I would be down a for jingle a, writer. a jingle writer. A jingle writer. A jingle writer. But they but they uh they specifically sell spiders. Um so you're writing a jingle for a spider farm. <laughs> I'd watch it, honestly. Oh, Let's go ahead and get into final thoughts and rating. But before we do, let's go ahead and take a quick break and hear a word from the Ruminations Radio Network. We'll be right back. Oh, God, it hurts. What's wrong, buddy? Nothing. That's the name of our podcast. Do you think anyone will know it's a reference to what some random SWAT team member said in that one scene in Terminator 2 after getting nailed in the back with a gas canister? Probably not, but they will get a regular dose of two lifelong gamer buddies on either side of the Pacific Ocean, delivering their view of video games with a retro emphasis every other week. That's cool. And welcome back, folks, to Ruminations of Red Rum, the horror podcast of the Ruminations Radio Network. We're getting into our final thoughts and rating for Allegoria 2022. Mitch, we're going to start with you. What are your final thoughts and rating? Do you remember the letterbox rating? How we do this? I do recall the letterbox rating, and uh, my final thoughts: uh, I wouldn't turn it off if it came on. I wouldn't. <laughs> you know, I would not add it to my collection, except I would add to add it to my collection in the event that his further work continues to explore these themes. And then add it as like um, kind of an, a completionist set. Yeah, com- a completionist set because I, I see the direction, I see the potential, uh, but as a standalone, um, no. But I will tell you that I will probably check out Chrissy's work as well because I did see his name on there. Um, so I mean, it, it's definitely opened up a door to some stuff I'll check out. Um, and then um, I, I think the uh, again the the practical work, the effects work, the the art art direction for lack of another term. well that's kind of fitting with the film but yeah the art direction was was really solid um please less spitting in your next flick spider <laughs> i mean power man um like, none of that man that's not necessary nobody needs to see that uh, i would i'm i'm gonna stick with uh 2.5 as a potential potential work man you got you got got potential um but yeah 2.5 no is that I, no, no heart Oh yeah, heart or no heart? No heart. No heart. No heart. Okay, I respect that. Brendan, final thoughts on rating. If you were <clears throat> to have Here asked me go. that question <laughs> one hour ago, I would spin you a yarn and I would end it with a two point five no heart. Um, but uh, honestly, after this conversation, Kyle, you brought up some points, and Mitch, you brought up some points too, and I think it has uh, fluctuated both up and down throughout this entire conversation. Uh, the more that I think about it. And knowing that some of the work that I've seen come from him since this film um, has uh, progressed substantially, I'm going to say everything in this movie was a specific choice. Some of them good, some of them not good. Uh, I did enjoy this, and I think I'm going to give it a 
3.5 and a heart. Let's I want to go. I, 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 Kyle, you had talked me up to a four, but uh, Mitch, you leveled me back out. You brought me down to where <laughs> I needed to be. Good, 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 good. Um, uh, I agree with the points you both made. I think I like the idea of this film, and I hope it continues with a sequel. Um, with the same, like exploring the same themes. I would definitely add it to my collection, um, even more so, like Mitch said, if they were going to continue the franchise and carry on the spirit of what this movie was. Uh, I was engaged the entire time, and I think the runtime also helped it. I think it made it tight, and um, it, it kept my attention, and the pacing was great. I thought the acting, for the most part, was solid. I think this is like a good solid shutter exclusive i said it and i may never say it again <laughs> but i thought so did i get you back on board at least a little bit i'm back on board i'll explore another one <clears throat> so i'm gonna give this movie a 3.5 and a heart so this is going to be 3.1 repeating so it's going to be a three with a heart it gets a heart I it gets a that. heart i'm just gonna say like um next time just fully embrace the anthology don't try and bring a full circle don't try and like tie it all together. Just just embrace the anthology thing. Like, and I think they'll stand on their own. Hell yeah! Now it's time for not only America's favorite game, but the world's. What's in the box? The game where we read a. Brendan, you have a question. Is uh, Mitch playing for Ian or himself? Oh, himself. He's at two for the year. Oh, the game. I, I say sixty points. I, I think say there that, needs to be a new a new uh, methodology between for your guests because your yeah, guests every will guest win catch up. five points. Five points. Five I points for fair. a guest win. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Like so that puts Mitch at so, ten for the year. This will. Yeah, you know what? That actually holds up because I'm at nine, Brennan's at eleven, and Ian's at nine. So that would put him at ten. So he's at ten. Fuck it. Guests get five points. But I read a description of a film off of letterbox.com. My co-hosts then have to guess what the film, what the rating is, the average rating on like, oh my God, the average rating on Letterbox <laughs> based this. on the description you of the film. How is Ian better at this than you? 5.0, don't ever say that again. 5.0 <laughs> scale. Uh, it, if they get that right, they then have to guess the decade in which the year released. Uh, if they get that correct, they get a point. And then lastly, the decade. Did I say the decade already? It doesn't matter. We're going to get into it. Gentlemen, are you ready? <laughs> ready. See, whatever. A toxic spill revives a beautiful dead heiress who, with the help of her childhood friend, must quench her insatiable thirst for blood. Two point six. Two. You both are incorrect. It is sitting at a 3.5. Good God. Guess the decade. So it's not a 70s movie like I thought it was. That's what I would have guessed. Um, we don't really have get a, many toxic movies. You have a whole decade to catch this? Mm-hmm. And then if you get that correct, you have to guess the yeah. year. You would oh. know that if I oh. explain the rules correctly. So. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'm cutting it close here, but I'm going to go with 90s. Shit. But I think, uh, it's, uh, I think it's an edger. Yeah. 
I was gonna say nineties, but just just for uh, entertainment purposes, I'm gonna say eighties. Mitch with the first point on the board. Guess the year. Eighty six. That is incorrect. Can, it can is I? The, no, no, not for points. Uh, eighty nine. Incorrect. It is the nineteen eighty two film directed by Jean Roland, The Living Dead Girl. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, a I got the. Uh, there's a theme, isn't there? Maybe. No. There's not. There's not. That one did. This next movie is called Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. More human than human. Two? Are you ready for number two? <laughs> yeah. A horror film of comic proportions. Mike's obsession with horror movies means he can't help but expect to find a monster lurking around every corner. When he joins his friends for a weekend away at a remote lodge, Mike instantly senses that something isn't right. Can Mike use his movie knowledge to save his pals from a bloody end? This sounds awful and I love it. Um, I'm going to stick at 2.6. This is sounding so meta that it's it, it yeah. like, yeah, I would, I would watch this on that description alone. Because that'd be hilarious, and I would guess that it is getting a three. Mitch is correct, and not only does he get a point, he gets a second point for guessing on the dot, 3.0. Oh. Mitch is at three. Guess the decade. That's a 90s film. Correct uh, again, oh. Mitch on the board with four <laughs> points. Guess the do year. I not even, do I not even get the fucking guess the decade? <laughs> oh, shit. I'll throw you a point Brandon. for that one. Sorry. <laughs> oh, thanks. Pretty good point. Guess the year. 98. Brennan? Oh, do I get to guess the year? Yeah, because um, I'm, I'm counting you guessing the decade. Okay, right. that's fair. Um... Nah, <laughs> 97. You both are incorrect. It is the 1991 film directed Ooh. by Rolf Konefsky. There's nothing out there. I have. No, I thought the title was going to be like The Cabin in the Woods on the Lake on Friday the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> Off Elm Street. <laughs> Final film. I can't Growing believe. up is hell. A teen and her mother live simply in a home in the woods, spending their time making metal music. A chance encounter with a fellow teen causes her to uncover a connection between her family and witchcraft, which causes a rift with her mother. I think I know what this is. Um... Not a clue. 3.3. Although I think it's higher than that, if I'm correct. Two point seven. Brendan with the point. It is at three point one. Oh, guess the decade. In the twenty uh, twenties. I'm gonna have to. Oh, damn, I don't know. I don't know. 2010s. 
Brendan with the second point. Shit, bitch. It is four. <laughs> it is four three. Guess the year. This is also a cusper because I saw it at a festival last year. Oh, see, this is this for year. the tie. I know. Oh. Is, uh, hold on, let me just look at my phone real quick. Um, uh, fuck. I'm going to say, and I'm going to lose the game on this, 2022. He got it, didn't he? That is oh, do I get incorrect. <laughs> it is the 2021 film directed by Toby Poser, John Adams, and... Zelda Adams. It is the 2021 film Hellbender. They call there. It's a family of filmmakers: father, son, daughter, and they call themselves the Adams Family. That's pretty cool. I'd probably do the That's same cute. thing. Yeah, I'd do the same thing. Fuck. So that puts year to date Mitch <laughs> at fifteen, <laughs> Ian at nine, <laughs> Kyle at nine, and Brendan at eleven. This has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. The brown note of the Ruminations Radio Network. If you like what we're doing here, please follow us on Twitter at of Red Rum. That's OF Red Rum. You could also join our Discord and hang out with our horror community. The link to join the Discord is in the Twitter bio or X bio now. We're going to be posting more on Instagram. You could follow us on Instagram at Ruminations of Red Rum. And you could literally follow us podcast-wise on anything. We're available everywhere. Please give us a rating and review. That way we can become Rotten Tomatoes certified because that's important to some people. I've been your host, Kyle, with a K. And joining me, we have the guru of goth. We have the Native American Thor, Mitch. Thank you much, Artist Life. And Brendan, the stretchy boy, Jesus Ortega. Um, also, if you see us in the streets, follow us there, too. Um, follow us <laughs> literally anywhere. Um, and uh, hail Ratma and hail Mitch. Hail Mitch. Stay spooky, folks.